Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Thursday, October 19th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. A new study shows Illinois is doing better than other states in filling teaching jobs. Advocates say that does not mean schools are out of the woods. It matters that our teachers be well prepared. This is a hard job, and I honestly think it's harder now than it's ever been. We'll have a conversation with the head of an education advocacy group that has analyzed the data in just a few minutes. St. Louis is at the center of a national investigation of a scheme that uses tech workers to funnel money to the North Korean government. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports some area residents and businesses might have unknowingly played a role in the scam. North Korean operatives working in China have been doing IT freelance work for American companies. The money would then go to the North Korean government. They look local because of equipment installed on St. Louis area computers. Scott Bauckham is a vice president for Bayer, which was not a victim of the scam. But he says the FBI warnings did help them identify potential problems and report them. And I would recommend that any company that's out there is receiving these, read these timely, take them seriously, and then follow through in your own organization, in your own specific ways. The FBI seized dozens of websites and more than a million dollars so far. The investigation is ongoing. I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. The Repertory Theater of St. Louis is facing a $2.5 million shortfall. The organization says it needs significant support from the community to continue programming in the second half of the current season. The Rep has streamlined operations, including replacing its annual holiday production of A Christmas Carol with It's a Wonderful Life, a radio play. It has also canceled two other productions. Managing Director Danny Williams says the slow return of audiences after the pandemic is a key reason for the budget problems. The theater is launching a rally for the rep campaign to raise funds through philanthropy and ticket sales. The St. Louis Board of Aldermen is preparing to debate proposed legislation to protect the rights of homeless people living in encampments. The unhoused Bill of Rights would require the city to guarantee shelter beds and offer security before disbanding encampments. Seventh Ward Alderwoman Alicia Saunier is the bill's sponsor. She says it would allow for intentional encampments, something the city does not have. There has to be 24-7 security because the safety of everybody involved is really important. It requires that there's a hand-washing station, a porta potty um, and showers um, per 10 people on that facility. The Department of Human Services would also be required to coordinate services and case management. Sonia was a guest yesterday on St. Louis on the Air. The ag tech and bioscience community in St. Louis wants to establish and strengthen ties to Central and South America through a program called Cultivar STL. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports the new initiative brought representatives from a handful of Latin American countries to the region this week. The visitors got to see some of St. Louis's ag and innovation sectors, like the Danforth Plant Science Center, Cortex, and the 39 North Ag Tech Innovation District. Anna Meyer is the academic vice president at Samarana University in Honduras. She says she wasn't aware of St. Louis's resources before this trip, but sees opportunity here. When I saw yesterday all the research that the Danforth Center is doing, we could be a strategic ally for them in Central America. We have the 
infrastructure, the knowledge, and we could be great research partners. Local business leaders say they hope Cultivar STL will also help startups and mid-sized companies in St. Louis be able to establish international connections as well. I'm Eric Schmidt, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is self-funding a new political advocacy group aimed at fighting for abortion rights throughout the U.S. Capital News Illinois reports the billionaire launched his nonprofit, Think Big America, yesterday with a video. The end of reproductive rights, widespread book bans, a rollback of voting rights and civil rights, the erosion of trust in our institutions. That will be our permanent reality if we don't act now. Pritzker's campaign staffers have already been helping with abortion-related ballot measures in Ohio and Nevada. They will likely pick up campaigns in more states as next year's election cycle gets closer. A spokesperson is not saying how much seed money Pritzker put into the Think Big America organization. Illinois teachers want to make sure they get needed support as the state revises a blueprint for how children are taught to read in school. Alex Dagman reports. The State Board of Education has until the end of January to devise a new literacy plan that emphasizes a science-backed approach to teaching reading. The consensus is now to build lessons around phonics. The board received a second draft crafted after months of feedback. Donna Leake, the board's vice chair, says professional development for existing and incoming teachers is crucial to the plan. If we are really looking at being fair in terms of competency of our teachers, if we're talking literacy, that we really are including Um, items that connect to understanding how to teach literacy. This isn't a mandate. It would not force districts to change how they teach reading. I'm Alex Degman. Illinois is facing a teacher shortage, but the numbers show it's not as bad as in other Midwest states and actually improved during the pandemic. Reporter Peter Medlin spoke with Robin Staines of Advance Illinois. That's an education policy advocacy group. They discussed a new report analyzing the data. People have been talking about teacher shortages for years. What does the data actually tell us? So the data is actually a lot more encouraging than I think people would expect just from reading the headlines, which doesn't mean we're out of the woods. So I'm going to start with the good news and I'm going to end with the troubled waters that I think we still have to navigate. The good news is that we've actually been adding teachers, thousands of new positions, teaching positions, assistant principal positions, paraprofessional positions, et cetera. That's great. So Illinois now is one of the best states in the country in terms of its teacher-pupil ratio. Now, partly that's because we've been adding more teachers than the rest of the country, but also we've been losing students at a faster clip than the rest of the country. We've lowered class sizes significantly. The other good news is that we're doing a better job during the pandemic of keeping teachers. Right, which has been, that was that big fear at the beginning of the pandemic, especially, was that there was going to be a mass exodus of people leaving the field. Absolutely. And that's we saw the opposite. We actually saw that retention of teachers improved during COVID and retention of teachers within the same building improved. For now, we have outperformed the dire predictions by by quite a lot and actually doing better than many other states. I will offer one other bit of good news that I think is um, it's not as a direct COVID related concern as it is just something generally I think people are watching, which is We both needed, and it's been a real effort on the part of the state, to grow the teacher pipeline generally, more people coming into the profession, and then more people staying once they're there. But the other is that we need to diversify that pipeline, that there's a real strong mismatch between the 
diversity of the teaching force and our administrative workforce and our student population. We've been really doing a good job and we've been outpacing the country. We've been outpacing the Midwest by quite a lot in terms of increasing the diversity of candidates coming into the profession. That said, the mismatch is huge and we've still got a lot of work to do. Is the growth in the teacher workforce consistent across different sorts of school districts? Yeah, it's fascinating. No, it really is. Every district of all backgrounds and types were adding teaching positions. About half of the districts in the state have at least one vacancy, teacher vacancy. Half of the districts don't have any vacancies. When you read about it, it seems so pervasive and so powerful that you, you assume it's affecting every district. I will add quickly, however, that even if you don't have an actual vacancy, that doesn't mean the shortage isn't affecting your district and that this, the districts that are most likely to be affected are serving much higher numbers of students from low-income households, Black students, Latinx students, and bilingual students. So this is not playing out evenly. It is, it is affecting everybody, but it is not affecting all students equally. What's something about the teacher workforce and the report that you think is more important than people might realize? The two things that I don't think come up as often is, in addition to the vacancies, we're seeing really low levels of teacher attendance. This has been a really difficult time. So I say that with zero criticism and a huge amount of empathy and respect for what teachers are going through. But we're not seeing that play out evenly either. And then the only other thing I'd add is, it matters that our teachers be well prepared. This is a hard job. And I honestly think it's harder now than it's ever been. And we have, in a number of creative efforts to make sure that we don't have too many vacancies, we've really increased the short-term approvals and provisional licenses that are available to get teachers into classroom. And that's just huge. And I don't know that we have organized ourselves to study the effect of that. Are these shortcuts that make sense? And are we going to pay a price for that in terms of what's available to our kids in classrooms? And I think we need to pay close attention to that. That was Advance Illinois President Robin Staines talking with reporter Peter Medlin about the group's new report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.